Welcome back, everybody, to episode 13 of It's Whatever, Man. Woo! Hi, 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 hi. God, it's good to be back. Welcome to the new year. Mm -hmm. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. What we leave behind us in 2020 are a lot of hard times, but also a lot of good music. And what better time to do a yearly roundup than the beginning of the new year. Huh. I guess, I, I don't know, to start, I know we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier before we'd started recording, that like for me, I, I have specific time periods of the year that I associate mm-hmm. with certain sounds. If you go through my liked songs on Spotify, it's kind of like a rolling playlist for me. So mm-hmm. certain chunks of songs that I would listen to consecutively take me back instantly to a specific time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's kind of how it goes for you or if you guys just like whole albums at a time. It's kind of rare for me personally to listen to like an entire album, like in one moment of like mm-hmm. the year, this year in particular, and be like, oh, this album, like a couple years out will be exactly what I think of as this time. But mm-hmm. I will say there was one since we're, you're talking about sections of the year. I think we all agreed beforehand that the first section of the year obviously was before widespread disease took over the planet. Yeah. <laughs> able to go outside and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, right before that, I like, I talked about this a little bit on my Spotify raft, I guess, but went to an electric guest concert with my brother in mm-hmm. San Diego and he really liked them. And they're a big band, obviously, but I was just surprised. Like I didn't realize how good they were in their last album, which I think came out in 2019, I think it was called Kin, just full of bangers. And that really got me through all of this year. And I think that I'll always remember. <laughs> that was like a period like right before COVID started. Like it was so close that it was already like kind of in the news. The singer was even like, hey, everybody, like I hope you know that like this is a safe place, blah, blah, blah. I know there's a lot of scary stuff out in the world, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, just feel good that you're here today, tonight, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I just remember wow. talk like that, like <laughs> the lead singer. And it was just like, everyone obviously was like, not really caring at that point in yeah. the time. But yeah, then like the next month later, it was just like, everything, everything changed. I went to a few shows before the pandemic hit. So uh, a couple artists I saw were uh, Motion City Soundtrack. I think I mentioned that before in the podcast. So I saw that back in, then back in January and you know, not, not a single worry in my, in my mind. Who else did I see? I saw Pine Grove back in Feb- February. Yeah, not thinking about oh, it. Where'd they play they played at the Roxy. Mm. Yeah, I think it was my fourth time seeing them. I've seen them a lot. Oh, I remember we went way back in the day. Oh my God. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. Like looking back at that time, like the first three months of the year, things felt pretty promising in terms of music. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I who, who would have thought that like <laughs> mid-March, you'd be like, oh, we might not go back to a concert in two yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I totally remember. Um, yeah. I think the last live show that I'd gone to was my friend, um, who's a musician, Ariana. Uh, she had a little live show at this Russian-themed bar in West Hollywood. Barkovich or something. Barlubich? Barlubich. Bar- yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. that, was my go- that was my go-to spot before the world fell apart. <laughs> Dude, that place love- was cute i love that place i love that place Mm -hmm. because usually like i don't i don't like going to all the busy bars in la just because it gets gross and stuffy and i don't like anyone there uh but bar lupish for some reason like it would still be pretty packed but the music was always good and and there were yeah there were fewer assholes there so it was great no i had a wonderful time (laughs) looking back it just kind of makes me sad i because i really do miss 
live concerts so much. Yeah. I don't think anyone would really know this, but my Spotify wrapped, one of my top five artists was Casey Musgraves, which mm-hmm. like, I don't really listen to a lot of country, but I heard her album Golden Hour mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. And I just remember listening to it so much because I just loved it. It's just a warm, fuzzy, sweet album. I can definitely look back and say like January was very much Casey Musgraves. And weirdly enough, like alternative music. Like I listened to a lot of Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> but That's a good I, mix. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know. Pretty unique mix. Yeah, yeah, kind of country pop, alternative yeah. rock. How about you, Devon? Oh, so what I was listening to beginning of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll also say um, I love the song "Golden Hour" by Casey. I, I yeah, that song, like it's, I don't know, it gets me like nostalgic for something I've never experienced. It makes mm-hmm. me emotional. It's so yeah. sincere and so like. I mean, I haven't listened to the album, admittedly, but I would say that's one of the more traditionally country songs on that album. It's great. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed Golden Hour. Yeah, song. I think it's a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, for me, beginning of the year, what was on, in rotation, uh, one of my early favorite albums of the year was Honeymoon by Beach Bunny. They're a really great indie pop, indie rock band. Uh, I saw them live, God, I don't know, was it two years ago? Uh, and they're just a lot of fun and... Really, it it feels like late 90s, early 2000s indie rock. And it's just some good nostalgic for different reasons. It takes you back to like late teens, early early 20s music. And uh, I think they're really good. Uh, the new Soccer Mommy album was on, mm-hmm. was, was on a lot Color as well. Color Theory, right? Color Theory. Mm-hmm. And of course, as I mentioned multiple times on this podcast already, been listening to the band Dogleg a lot. Like mm-hmm. that album came out, uh, the album I think came out like just when the pandemic hit, but like the singles that came out before the pandemic, I was just so addicted to them. And I do remember mentioning also on our pandemic episode where they were, you know, they, I missed one of their first live shows in LA. I was like, oh, I'll get around to them when they headline it. And now it's like. Yeah. In the beginning of the year, I went to Mexico with like a couple of friends, which was super oh. fun. And uh, like actually the first time I ever been, which is pretty sad considering I'm from California and I'm Mexican and I've never been there, but still it was very fun. And um, like, for some reason, just like that experience also was like very close to when like, it was at the end of January, I think. So it wasn't too far away from when the country shut down. And um, I went to like the last concert I went to, and I believe I mentioned it in the COVID episode, was a college radio fest, which was funny because I'm not in college anymore, but I saw one of my favorite bands. It's uh, this guy. He's uh, named. His name is Eduardo, and he's in uh, Chicano Bat Band. But he oh. plays, he plays bass in the band. But it has another band called Aranas, which is like mm. super weird and good. And I went to a concert, and it was super fun. I had to like stay. They were like the last ones like on the bill, and I like didn't know that when I showed up. So I like sat through like four bands that I'd never heard of, which were also fine, you know. But yeah. still, I was like, all right, I, gu- I guess I'm gonna stay here, and like totally was worth it. Very happy that was my last concert. And um, I listened to that. And then I listened to that music. Like I, I doubled down on listening to ARNS when like everything shut down in like the first few weeks of quarantine when like, I don't know, you, I don't think either of you lost your jobs, but like I lost my job. Like a bunch of people I knew lost my job. And I was like, what am I doing right now? Like, and I just like started like working out a lot in my room. And, like listening <laughs> to those music. And, like, yeah. I was one of those people for like the first three weeks, like kind of like slowly losing it. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I definitely did not have a job. <laughs> At that point, though, Haley Williams had come out with Pedals for Armor, 
So mm-hmm. I had some nice fuel to just keep me going through April. Um, which like I know I've talked pretty much every single episode at some point about Haley Williams. So I will spare the audience. And we're, keeping, we're recapping the year, you know? <laughs> we just got to bring it back one more time. Pedals for Armor fantastic album i actually did find i listened to it finally because you talk about it so much that yeah let me see what songs i like i'll tell you which ones since you perhaps be a fan you can keep talking while i do the one taken is one of my favorites i think crystal clear Haley, you know released the album uh over three installments so you had some stuff before others so simmer leave it alone those are great some desire creeping also fun um sugar on the rim song harkens back to like 80s uh voguing voguing like like, yeah. like the, the dance yeah yeah because yeah, if you listen to it, it's got it's got the beat and the tempo that like oh i gotta replay that totally song. okay Sugar. So, oh, um, it's so good oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay now i remember the song okay good point good point good catch thanks yeah. well i mean i follow her on instagram so <laughs> <laughs> she did like a live and somebody had asked like was sugar on the rim made for the gays and she said yes absolutely that song was made for the gays mm interesting yeah but she's very public about her views so i don't think um there's any question about that it yeah. wouldn't even be something that she would like oh well oh, it's a song for everybody and uh, <laughs> it's like nope yes it is for the gays enjoy it mm. was Haley was Haley, so Haley williams was this album released in 2020 or was this released yes mm-hmm. so he, she did the same thing like the gorillas did where she like released parts of it like yeah so she I, had part one part two and then part three was the full album but in between like she had a a music video she released a music video or i think she she actually did two and she did it with the same director warren fu who fun throwback back when i worked at partisan he was a director that we repped um and they did they actually did rose colored boy with him back on after laughter so Mm. that i think was when they first met and they really enjoyed working with him um I don't think he's, I don't know if he's still repped by Partisan. I hope not. Um, uh, but, you know, whatever. Warren, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but no, he's a, he's a phenomenal director. And yeah. um, I think they had a lot. I think she really enjoyed working on a very personal project, her, you know, solo album mm. with him. Because they, I mean, there is a whole narrative arc to it. That she, you know, incorporated on her personal Instagram as she was releasing these separate entities. She would give little teasers. It's great. It's just great. I mean, you cannot go wrong with Haley Williams if you have been listening to this podcast long enough and you've heard me talk <laughs> about her by this point in time. If you didn't, if you weren't convinced, get convinced now. Like, she's great. Yeah. I love her. The end. Wait, so are we, so now are we like in, like beginning a pandemic now because like we, at first we were like oh what's happening but now we're like this is like march april may okay yeah i think this is we're like in lockdown okay I this is the first your lockdown anthems Interesting. what were you doing when were you listening to music was it a source of solace for you mm. did you find new stuff and that distracted you from the pain uh, I like, for me i took a shit ton of walks like i would go on eight miles. oh yeah Oh, for sure. Eight mile walks. Yeah, yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah, you walk like four miles out, and then you have to walk back. (laughs) That, that, like, yeah. At that time, I was just listening to full albums. Yeah, I had my big ass headphones on, walk around, just trying to like think and 
space out. Wolf Mother, weirdly enough. Wolf Mother, that's a throwback. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed listening to that. You know, the guitar hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they did, um, they did a song for one of the, uh, I want to say one of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. He did? Yep. Sure. I mean, Please yeah. To meet you. Yeah. I want. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Either they did it for that. Um, they did it for Spider-Man, or it was a song that was like exclusively on Spider-Man. Wolf Mother, Please to meet you. Which? Mm-hmm. It's the one with Venom. That one. <laughs> that's Spider-Man. Spider-Man Three. Great song. Oh I wait, say. no, that's not Andrew Garfield. That's like that's like way back. That's that's Toby Mag- that's, that's Toby McGuire. Is it? Because like yes, because hey, yeah. <laughs> if you're my boyfriend, stop listening. He loves Spider Man. I'm pretty sure I'd break his heart. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Pre- like, it's, yeah, the Tobey, it's, it's the it's the Tobey Maguire. Well, unless you're thinking of like the like the new Venom movie, like the Tom Hardy one, which which I don't Wait, think Wolf Mother would be on. In 2007. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Tell me, oh, you know what? This was the Spider Man I didn't watch. And <laughs> that it was bad because everyone kept saying it was super bad, and also. Like, particularly, I remember people saying that, like, there was operatic music in it that just, like, really took you out of the film. And I was oh, like, that sounds stupid. It took most people out, but it took me in. That's what I want. <laughs> I agree, Eddie. I, I will say Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Speaking of aging, Spider-Man 3 is aged into, like, a so bad it's good kind of movie. Like, it's terrible, <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. It's it's so good. It's so bad. I love it. Uh, um, anyways, music, music, Sorry. music. Wolf yeah, Mother was great. The walk yeah. a lot. The music. Mm-hmm. What were you guys doing when you were listening to music during lockdown? I was like, out? I, I, I mentioned that I mentioned that I started I started running. And there was like one period. It was definitely early COVID where like there's a path that's by my apartment that goes all the way to the ocean if you run far enough. And I <laughs> ran all the way there, which was a mistake because like I've like Coming for back. a week. Yeah, for a week, I was just like like my, my like I couldn't walk basically. So that was like, that was, that was where my mind was at, like beginning of COVID. Uh, but I, we mentioned the gorillas. I was just going to say, um, also that album came out like in beats throughout the year. So I feel like that also very like, well, like I was actually looking up on Wikipedia to see when it, when each song came out, because I remember, um, yeah, like momentary bliss and it was released apparently like right before COVID. And I remember like listening to that song a lot, walking around like downtown because I just moved from downtown to Culver City. So like the first couple of weeks and months when I was getting settled into my apartment, I would like sometimes just go back to downtown because I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I just like walk around to the places I used to walk, like in my old apartment um, and listen to that. Um, and yeah, like Desolée, Desolée too. Desolée, like that was a serious like running. Like I was run, I would run to that song like a lot, like in the beginning of COVID. Mm. Um, yeah, that's Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, I was gonna wait. So, momentary bliss—that's the one with, with slow tie, right? Slow tie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's that makes sense. I mean, that was a really interesting rollout because I think the album didn't come out until like three months ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I just found that out. Like that the whole album was like released officially, I think, in October, and I was like, yeah, oh, was just that was this whole year. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, let's see what have I been listening to oh so I think beginning of the pandemic my main albums I was playing a lot were the new Strokes album uh, the new Weekend album and the new Childish Gambino album Uh, I've talked a lot about the new Strokes album I love it 
I think if you were if you had a gun to my head and if you told me what was your favorite album of 2020, I don't name want, it now. I think it would be the Strokes album just because I listened to it the most. And yeah. I think of um, in terms of an album because if you know if like in terms of my favorite albums, um, not all of them are perfect, obviously, and I don't think this new Strokes album is perfect either. But I would say it was the best package compared to all the albums I listened to. Um, it's not too long, has just enough tracks, and I think each track, um, you could tell, like, each track was so uh, carefully put together. Uh, I love that album. It's great. Um, the Weeknd, as we've talked about a lot before, he also just put a really good album out. Very uh, 80s synth pop. Nostalgia. It's not nostalgia. The word's coming back. Nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. But that's what he's going for. 80s 80s synth pop and R&B, great stuff. And a lot of people don't care or just don't like the new Gambino album. Some people hate it. Like people think it was just, um, are you guys familiar at all with the new album that came out from him? Uh, I'm like, now you got me confused. Let me see if that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cause it's- oh, oh yeah, 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 no. My brother like was super into it. I, I to be honest, oh. I was into it like, a little like half of it and then I like, didn't finish but yeah. yeah it was weird it was good I, I liked yeah. how weird it was yeah I mean, yeah same thing Eddie I like listened to half of it and didn't finish yeah I look I don't blame anyone for like being like what is this because in case for people who don't know uh Gamino came out with an album literally called March 15th 2020 or just 3 15 2020 there's no album cover 20, yeah there's no uh, there's no album art uh m- most of the songs don't have titles he just kind of released it. And I don't blame anyone who were like, I'm not listening to this. Or like, I don't know what this is going on. And and I'm, I mean, I'm wondering if maybe just because I'm a biased fanboy, but uh, Donald Glover is, you know, he's, he can be very artsy, very pretentious. And he's also someone who's been trying to get rid of the Gambino name mm-hmm. for a long time now. And I believe his current record deal is under Childish Gambino. And I, if I were to... Um, if I if I had some conspiracy theory, I think his idea here was that I don't want to be I don't want to go by Gambino anymore. Let me just drop this album, get it out there, so I can end this contract, so that I can finally go by Donald Glover. Because uh, I think in some I think in some streaming sites or services, this album is called like Donald Glover Presents instead of like whatever this oh. is. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it's a lot of complicated stuff, and so I don't think a lot of people were willing to give it a chance, or and sometimes didn't like it. I get it, like. Um, um, uh, past guest of the pod, Miyasha, has told me before, like, it, she said it didn't feel like it was, sounded finished, which I get to. It feels like a bunch of demos. But for some reason, and maybe I'm just a biased fanboy, but I kind of love this album. I feel like it's a culmination of, like, everything he's been um, moving up to because, of course, his first album, Camp, was just basically, like, a rap album, straight up. Because the internet... I would say is like his entryway into like mainstream hip hop uh, notoriety. And then Awaken My Love, which is the album that has Redbone, was just him. Like it's a seventies R and B music and it's going all out. And then this album, in my opinion, is like almost a perfect combination of all those sounds. Cause there's a lot of influences here from Prince and I'm sure he takes a lot from Stevie Wonder, but also he's experimenting with a lot of different sounds, uh, a lot of ex- a lot of experimenting on this, and 
And some of the best songs on this album just sound like old school R&B songs. There's a song called "2419," <laughs> which I, I guess you would call it the song Sweet Thing. That's what he says a lot in the song. Sweet Thing slash Thank You. That would probably be the name of the song. Um, it's just like an old school like R&B crooner. And it's just, he sounds amazing on it. And it, and again, I just don't think people were willing to give it a chance. And I don't blame them, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan. And it, well, it ask me again in a year, and then we'll find out. Maybe I'm just a vice fanboy. But as of right now, like today, like I think it's a great album. It's not perfect, but I think it's worth noting. And was a huge part of uh, my pandemic listening uh yeah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm looking at it right now on spotify and just for like fun context 2419 has seven essentially 7.2 million plays it, it's like an, i don't want to read the, the whole number but yeah. you scroll down to 3005 and <laughs> that song has 431.3 million plays <laughs> <laughs> wait, how, wait, how do you see the the the, the hits or the plays for yeah i didn't even realize this was a real feature wait, if, how, yeah. if you pull up spotify yeah the app on your computer your desktop i am on my computer <laughs> then you can like if you go to any album i guess um mm-hmm. you can see the the title name of the track and the mm-hmm. runtime and then right yeah. next to it there's a little bar image um, oh and if you hover over it i didn't know all... it did that yeah i know i just what the hell found that out oh, right my... now and it's Whoa, like oh my mind's yeah. blown yeah so you can actually see and interesting the, so the there's like a little bar image for the obviously you guys can't see our screen but um there's a little bar image that um some of the bars are filled to indicate like how many plays yeah to every other song on the album you know that that song has had and if you hover over that bar indicator it'll tell you the literal number but it's oh so interesting because you can see how popular which are the most popular songs so it's like yeah. it, by comparison this yeah. uh march 15 20 album <laughs> has like seven million plays four million plays five million yeah. plays six million plays and awaken my love we're looking at 109 yeah million plays for me and your mama and like yeah i'm thinking look, the lowest amount on that album is literally like 27 million plays so by comparison yeah we're seeing a lot less streams of his most recent album yeah and honestly you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna come out and say this hot take i don't (laughs) think putting numbers as your track title is doing you any favor (laughs) anyone gonna say oh yeah Yeah. 24 19 what a good song you just go oh yeah honestly at that point i would just say track five yeah yeah way back in the day before we had ipods before we had yeah we had cd players and that's how i knew which mm-hmm. songs were my favorite on an album i'd go track three that's yeah. the song that i did like you, did you did you have like a bunch of like songs in your itunes that were just like track 13 <laughs> track 67 it's like oh, I yeah have no idea which songs is anymore yeah well i um okay mm, I've, i think i've admitted to this before on the podcast so whatever but like, I used to, yeah i used yeah. to rip <laughs> albums off from the library and at that point in time, iTunes had a feature where you could identify what the album was. Like it would kind of like run analytics and then, you know, recommend, oh, it's this, it's Some Hearts by Carrie Underwood. Right. And you go, yeah. And then it would automatically 
title all your tracks prior to that point in time like if you took if your friend made you a cd and you ripped it on your computer it would just be track one track two track three and my computer got so bad i'd have like seven track threes like yeah (laughs) and like oh my god super fun what a throwback because i'd never go back and read title them like what's the point (laughs) but who uses apple music huh what the hell sydney Um, Um, i'm not listening to this podcast ever again Um, whatever man get with the time spotify is king queen non-gender spotify is our monarch prime (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh but yeah again like sydney like what you're saying about how this album is put out there in the world you're not the only one i mean it's not as hot of a dick as you think people just did not care for this album um and also but i also like to think and maybe i'm just again being biased i don't think he cared this dude is huge and like is one of the most successful entertainers in the world i don't think you could fumble your release this bad uh if it wasn't intentional so, well, I don't know. I'm just yeah, defending him. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I like this. But yeah. I still think it's a good album. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I have another album. Uh, you, I, I believe, I mentioned it before. Um, the Beths. The Beths were a band. <laughs> Eddie, if you didn't mention them, I was totally gonna. Yeah, yeah. Because Jump, Gra- Jump Rope Gazers was the album. Yeah. Super good album. Just, yeah. just so polished. So, like, like it had like really good slow songs and really good like heavy upbeat. songs, upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. I ran a lot to those. That was like early. That was kind of early this year, but like still, still like there's still songs like Out of Sight is like such a good song. I like listen to that song. Like it's still on my like current playlists. I love I love that album so much. I can't wait for COVID to be over so they can come <laughs> back and I can see them. Yeah, Eddie, man, ever since you, like, mentioned him on the podcast, I, like, ugh, I fell in love. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the album of my summer. There we go. Because, again, I was, a, I was actually an office PA um, over the summer on a film, and I would, anytime I went on a run, I would just pop that on. Because the job was kind of stressful. We were understaffed, and I was underpaid, and it was a very demanding job. Um, but that song combined with like the sun shining and I like had a sense of urgency trying to go get shit done. Cause I was the only PA. Like it was just, it got me through in a way that I don't think any other album could. Wait, Sydney, have you, uh, do you listen to uh, Courtney Barnett? Mm-mm. Is she, is she like the Beths? Am I going to fall in love with it? Actually? Band? Yeah. It's not a bad comparison <laughs> though. She's a huge artist from Australia. You, you would love Courtney Barnett. Oh my God. Courtney Barnett. Listen to Courtney Barnett. Yeah. Okay. Right now. She's going to become the anthem of my 2021. So I think she will. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, you're going to love her. Uh, cool. What Dang. were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So you mentioned the Beths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. I haven't listened to the album yet. Dang, I know. Happy, I know. unhappy, acrid, dying. To, I'm dying to believe. I think that was a song that you had mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. And that was the one I was like, oh, shit, what? And then more songs kind of followed in the same vein i was like oh shit there's one interesting thing we haven't talked about and this could probably be another episode perhaps Mm -hmm. but um but there's like genuinely genuine like conflict among like artists who want to tour when it's like safe to do so Mm -hmm. because obviously like everybody's tours were canceled 
-hmm. all the big artists like would sell out you know like the forum or something here in la mm -hmm. are like going up against each other basically for like the venue when it like comes time for them to tour so there's like a limited amount of venues for all these big artists to perform and smaller artists too like there's a limited amount of venues like so i don't know it's kind of sucks like it might be like if you had a ticket to like a big artist you know right. it might be that they're just like well i'm not going to tour until like i could it makes like economic sense like if i can't like tour at like big stadiums like if they're mm -hmm. all too impacted like it will create like a bidding war between artists to like get those like places secured so it's gonna be weird like i don't know what's gonna happen like maybe artists will like go on tour together like i don't know it's, it'll be weird <laughs> i mean i think i think big artists will pre be prioritized with stadium mm -hmm. stuff like i in fact i think there is like a justin bieber concert he was originally there was a tour he was gonna do yeah. And originally he was going to have one stop in LA, but I think he's going to have two, the Forum and Staples. My brother, my, friend was telling me about this. Hmm. <laughs> my brother has tickets to it. Oh, then there you go. <laughs> so it's like, I think those big artists are definitely like... Yeah, but like they're it, competing against each other for like a big space like the Forum. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if like, I, I kind of look at it like there's room for, there's room for every ego at the table. Like... Lady Gaga wants to tour. Lady Gaga will tour. Ariana Grande wants to tour. She will tour. Like, mm -hmm. there's no question about that. I think mid-tier bands and small bands are going to have a really hard time mm -hmm. because venues, it, nothing's consistent in this country. It's statewide, like federal level versus the state level even. Like, yes. I mean, look at Los Angeles alone, like OC versus LA. We've had very different experiences as far as lockdown is concerned. Mm -hmm. So I think we just won't see it, like an even consistent rollout of venues reopening. And honestly, I mean, I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I think like, I know we saw a lot of uh, venues close their doors permanently. Mm. Um, like, like not even recently because of this pandemic. And I think it's only going to get like worse. So I yeah. just, I think it'll be a, slow and painful reopening that will not that that will leave virtually no one unscathed yeah that's my pessimistic pessimistic <laughs> hot take so sorry to <laughs> the parade guys no, but i don't know maybe it'll be all competitive and we'll all get to go to concerts and it'll be we'll have a hard time choosing ourselves mm -hmm. which ones we want to go to i don't know i wish we just spend our stimulus checks on them you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like six hundred bucks on just concerts. Can you imagine if like let's say large venues reduce their capacity counts, but they'll still have artists come and tour? Like how much will ticket prices skyrocket? That's what I'm saying is they would have to right, to make yeah. it like, worth it for the artists, like to go mm -hmm. on tour. Especially well, like people yeah, like yeah. Bieber who are used to making like probably like millions of dollars when they you know I mean more than that. Oh, do do they do they make that much money from venues or is it like maybe they don't man maybe merch I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that philosophy of like merch sales being how bands make a lot of money <laughs> their own, um, if that's just like a small band touring kind of like common experience or if that's across the board because like I feel like I know there's I like know. like a rule like that if they don't like sell out like the venues that they're playing at that they like mm -hmm. lose money. Like that they like uh, book, like the, the venues will book them to sell out the room, and if they don't sell out the room, it's like that that whatever they don't sell gets a chunk taken out of there. I, I think it's something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Damn, I'm sure Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, and I'm sorry, you know, I will fucking come for them. So I'm sure not like neither of them are shaking in their boots over this. Ariana, Ariana just came out with her documentary with Netflix, so you know she got chunk a chunk of change for just. She got that Nickelodeon money. She got that victorious. Yeah. Money. Well, okay, really. She got that victorious money. Salmon residuals. I think anybody who's a minor who's performing on a Disney show or a Nickelodeon show. I don't know if it's still true to this day because, like, I don't know, maybe Disney Plus has had a positive impact, but y'all, the kids are just getting taken advantage of. The money all goes into a trust fund, anyways. I, I'm sorry, I'm digressing. I'm also I will admit, like, this is probably our greatest tangent yet. <laughs> we went from like venues to, to Dis- <laughs> Disney, Disney Plus is a scam. Yeah. We're gonna have to rain and wind this in a little bit. Uh, where did we leave off? <laughs> Eddie was talking about the Beths. Um, yeah, um, great album. Um, I'll just go. There's one more album I wanted to mention, so I, I'll squeeze it in here. I really like um, Chromatics. Like the, they're like an electronic group, uh, sort of. Johnny Jewels, like heavily involved, um, and they had an album. It's kind of confusing because they released stuff in a confusing way, so I'm not totally sure. But like. <laughs> Faded Now was an album that came out this year. Because I know that because I listened to it and it's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Can't really find much about it online, like, to be honest. I, I, I know there's, like, articles. Uh, I, I'll give more information later. But all the songs are very good. If you like, like, they got they were famous because they were in the soundtrack to Drive. Like, he did, like, music for Drive. He's done, mm-hmm. Tony Jewel has done music, like, for, um, for Twin Peaks, like, The Return. Um, oh, they're wow. just, like... All that, it's like a very certain sound. And if you listen to it, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's that, that's that sound. That's like, I've heard this in movies and, and such. It's sort of like a throwback, nostalgic um, 80s sort of music that, that has like a lot of like, I don't know. I don't know what the best word to describe it is. It's like wistful music. <laughs> like this, nostalgic maybe isn't the right word, but, uh, but very, very good. Very heavy, like electronic atmospheric music that, I listened to a lot this year. Uh, I think one of Chromatic's like most popular songs was like famously sampled by Schoolboy Q. I don't forget what song it was called. Oh, yeah. It was sampled on Man of the Year. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Eddie? Uh, I will. What song was it? Out. Yeah, hold on. I think it's Cherry. That's the one that's Yeah, called. Cherry. Cherry, yeah. yeah. So That's a good song. Yeah, so you listen to Man of the Year by Schoolboy Q. It's, the sample is right away. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, do you want to mention anything else about your summer listening? Um, well, we had a lot of a lot of new albums came out in September. Um, kind of late mid mid to late September, we saw a lot of artists come out with stuff, which was really awesome. Um, and even that, I'm still like parsing my way through. But Ariana Grande came out with her song or her album. Is it called? I think it's called Positions, right? Yeah. As long as the title track. Um, so she came out with something. The Neighborhood. I, it's all stuff I've mentioned before. So it's not nothing yeah. really like newly notable. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Oh, it goes, sorry. Can I, can, before we get into the fall, I haven't shared what yeah. I was listening to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, summer. no, go, go yeah. off. Uh, yeah. So other than Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers, that's, you know, a, again, artists we talk about a lot on this podcast. Uh, of course, uh, the new one, the Jewels album came out over the summer kind of at the perfect time because it was during the peak of the protests going on in the country Mm. and they're like fuck it we're dropping this earlier and 
that again, it's not my favorite RTJ album, but it's just an album we definitely needed at the time. And I still think it's a really, really good album. And mm-hmm. uh, it's full of just passion and anger. And it's crazy that the song that they put on this album came out at the time it did, because I'm sure they recorded this back in like late 2019 or just yeah. in the years past. And uh, there are some songs on there where it's like, holy crap, this is like yeah. so on point. It was uh, yeah. It. It yeah. Was like, I, I wanted to talk about that too, because we mentioned it a little bit, but like, Mm-hmm. I remember, like, when, like, I remember, I think it was, like, I'll rep, like, Hot 92.3 in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were, they, I actually really respect them, like, because when the protests, like, came out, like, they were, like, all right, guys, we have, like, I remember, like, driving to downtown to go to a protest, and he's, like, all right, guys, here's your, here's your, uh, pro, like, protest anthems, like, here's your new, pro- if you haven't heard the new Run the Jewels album, and he, like, slapped mm-hmm. it on, and I was just, like, oh, my God, I think they probably mm-hmm. played, like, um, what was it the the one that what's the song called the um um uh, i remember the lyric but like the posing on your dollar lyric um oh is it just yeah just that's the name of the song the one with pharrell on it yeah yeah Yeah, that that one's just like yeah it was so crazy how timely that was and like you would at the protest people were like playing the songs like even though Mm -hmm. i mean i I don't know exactly when it came out but yeah it came out like basically right at the same time yeah how immediate it was yeah and if i remember correctly the music video for the song ooh la la they shot this just before the pandemic hit and most of it it's just crowds of people in the streets just like tossing money on fire and i'm like this is insane like this is like it's it's awesome i love it but it's just like who would have thought that this video would just encapsulate what the world would end up being like this year so yeah, yeah I have well, to the emotion of that. this year really yeah yeah and so when that album came out like I think everyone just really felt it and uh Killer Mike is you know he can be sometimes a bit polarizing but otherwise I think he's an amazing public speaker and for the most part uh you know I I love most of the things he says and especially on this album uh yeah great album that came out this year uh also during the summer and as I mentioned the new Freddie Gibbs album Alfredo is awesome Talk about it a lot. Not going to get into it more now. Uh, oh, except I will say, uh, it's really cool to see him break into the mainstream this year. He's someone that's been kind of underground for the past decade or so, but he got nominated for a Grammy this year. And I feel like he's he's everyone's new favorite rapper. It's cool. <laughs> and one album I haven't talked about at all on the podcast, surprisingly, because it's a favorite album for this year. And one of my favorite artists in general, it's the album No Dream by Jeff Rosenstock. He is one of my favorite performing performers ever. I think he he might be his show I saw three years ago. I got a poster right there for Jeff Rosenstock. I saw him at the Troubadour. I don't know. He might be the best live performer I've ever seen. He's a, for for me personally. I, I'll I'll send you guys some links later. But like, so he's like a you know he's a, he's a DIY punk rock pop punk artist he's been around for so long he was originally part of this band called bomb of the music industry a uh, really popular band in the scene he did a lot of house shows back in san jose i was never at any of them because my parents never let me out of the house during high school but my friends went uh i i really wish i was around for the shows he did and this album no dream kind of similar to run the jewels it's like it's crazy this album is coming out right now during the worst of times in this country because even though Jeff Rosenstock's music can be 
self-deprecating and humorous and not always too serious when he does get serious about political issues or like how he's feeling it's so it's so raw and so hard and uh such a great album i yeah i recommend it if you want to listen to some really really good punk music with some really good pop hooks which i guess makes it pop punk but i would say don't i'm not i, I wouldn't call him pop punk in the sense of like <laughs> i don't know Panic at the Disco. I would say more lines yeah. like uh, The Descendants or uh, Bad Religion or that that kind of vein. So, yeah, recommend that was a big listen to this summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if I can say w- one thing too, um, I like I haven't like repped them since you're talking about San Jose. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't like mentioned that when I was in like high school, I knew somebody like super cool guy don't think he'll listen to this so I okay. um but he his name is Nick and he had like a solo sort of project he went to like a different high school than me but I like we knew each other he was in theater as well um he was like had a moniker like just Nick and he released an album when we were all in high school that got like passed around it was like super cool and super good and he moved I think he moved eventually he made his way to like the bay area um and formed a band called adult school and there's an album self-titled adult school that came out like um i guess two years ago i'm looking on spotify yeah but, uh, but i listened to this album a lot and mm-hmm. i would i hope i would recommend it to both of you at least because i think you would really like it it's very it's very like folk punk like sort of pop punk eager it's very eager and all the songs are very good and very much like like if you want to understand kind of like temecula i feel like or like where i'm from like sort of like it's just like everything about it is like so like directed at me and it's just such a good album and like yeah it's it's weird like knowing that like this guy's in it and I'm like quietly like his biggest fan but it's like (laughs) fan at all you know so it's kind of one of those things but uh but yeah that album adult school is adult school yeah yeah Yeah. looking no I'm looking at his like at at the page a lot of the uh, bands under fans also like I'm a big fan of so I think yeah I think I'm definitely going to be into this (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of bands in this under fans. I'm a big fan of all these bands. Okay, I'm okay, gonna be into this. Good. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I guess we can go back into the fall. I know we were leading into that. Um, yeah. I guess we're, I guess at this point, we're thinking like late August, September. I yeah. think that was a point when we were all like, oh, we're in this for like the long haul. Yeah, I think we all knew that back in May, mm-hmm. but I think. I, I guess for me, at least personally, I know you guys talked about like a lot, a lot about what you guys were going through. I've been very lucky to keep to to have my job throughout this entire year, but mm-hmm. obviously working from home and trying to do my same job at home is a very different experience, and it's much harder to do my job at home. And yet, but yet you're still asked, you're still expected to do the work. I mean, everyone's you know everyone's looking out for each other. I mean, I I love my job. Everyone's great there, but you know, some it's, you know, I'm still doing the same responsibilities. It's way harder to do it from home and things get more complicated. And I guess like around this time, and this is also around this time when we, when we started, we started the podcast, I think we all kind of figured that, yeah, this is going to be it for a while. And we kind of have to, it was, it was just getting used to it for me at least. And, uh, I don't know what what's not what music were you guys listening to at this point in the year in September well I so 
as I kind of mentioned before, I had worked over the summer. I was fortunate enough to work over the summer. And then for me, I actually finished prep on the feature film and went into a new job. So for me, it's like fall and summer are very distinct times. Um, But as far as what I was looking to or listening to, um, because September was such a big month for music, The Neighborhood's new album, Chip Chrome and the Monotones, that was an album that I listened to in its entirety on repeat. But then from that, I just kind of jumped onto the next album. So really, I would say September was like a very much an album month. Eddie, did you have some? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also, like like you said, we started doing the podcast around then. And um, I have to say that doing this podcast has really opened up my eyes to, like, current trends in music that I hadn't really, like, totally picked up on yet. And, like, I'm really thankful for that because, I mean, I was listening to, like, you know, indie bands like JSOM and everything like that. But I didn't realize, like, how much new artists especially like I started listening to more artists like this when I um went after the episode of like the new alternative music we did um and yeah like albums that came out this year that I started like getting very into and very excited about were like the Tokyo's Revenge album Mm -hmm. that came out I think seven is what it's called and then like you know Machine Gun Kelly released an album which was like very fun for me yeah, to my downfall or something. Yeah, tickets, tickets to, to my, my downfall. downfall. Tickets to my downfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, it's just like, such, like, I mean, I guess I knew this. Like, you know, we, mm. we talked about uh, Bia Badubi as well. Like, mm. people are, like, emulating, like, early 2000s music more and more. But yeah. I don't know. I think it's like, and maybe this isn't true. Maybe I'm overstating things. But I just think it's so weird to think that, like, rock as a genre, even though I don't think they would totally call themselves rock, but, like, mm. rock is, like, back. And I'm like, I just yeah. never really like thought that would happen like ever. I don't yeah. know, like, my imagination, like that would never happen. Like it was like, oh, rock was something that like you like was like, Nick, like dived like Nickelback or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, like <laughs> you know, those were like the last like touring rock bands or whatever, like yeah. big rock bands, popular rock bands. So yeah, yeah. makes me excited. It makes me excited. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with all of that just because uh, rock just needs to like reinvent itself because as we talked about on that episode, there was this period where, you know, alternative alternative rock was just Imagine Dragons and High Hopes by Fanning at the Disco. But I think now we're having more avenues for people trying more alternative sounds because we have it through emo rap or alternative-based hip-hop. I mean, there is alternative hip-hop, but then there's hip-hop that sounds like alternative rock. <laughs> um, and, you know, Machine Gun Kelly... I mean, I, I admittedly, I listen, I, I, he's kind of, I kind of a guilty pleasure because yeah. if you look up t- some of his interviews, he's very cringy. He's, he's very like, yeah. he's a lot. He's a Sorry, lot. He's not my fave. No, yeah. I, I, and I get it. I get it. Yeah. But as someone who just, you know, is super nostalgic for that sound, like he's doing it pretty well in my opinion. I think it's just, it's, yeah, I can't help. I, I get what he's going for. And I think that album hit number one when it came, when it, first off, which is huge because, mm-hmm. anyway, like you said, like, do people still care about rock? And I don't know what the age of his fan base is, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... Well, I mean, the, yeah. The, like, the median age of his demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's kind of funny because it's, like, a shared thing because, like, I feel like each of my siblings, we kind of, we're, like, you know, more than seven years... Like, I'm four years apart from my sister. I'm seven years older than my brother. Mm-hmm. And, like, we that's, like, a common thread for all of us like oh we like machine gun kelly like it appeals yeah (laughs) kind of funny so cool families that bond over machine gun kelly stay together what would he think (laughs) let's ask his best friend pete davidson Uh. is that really his best friend 
And he's yeah. dating Megan Fox. I shop at Hot Topic and my girlfriend's Megan Fox. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Also, album just came out. I mean, I think I talked about it already. Um, the album Weird by Youngblood, which is oh, kind of yeah. the same thing. Yep. Super fun. Like, yeah. I love, there's a song called Cotton Candy, which is just like, <laughs> this is pretty recent. But yeah, that's been yeah. like, on my on my i've been listening to that like constantly so so good i'll i'll just say like for me like again a lot of music we was listening to during this time but easily the highlight of my fall was barty strange mm-hmm. that that, I, that guy is one of the most exciting artists in rock right now in my opinion like when i first heard his music i was like this guy is he's bringing back certain sound but he's also putting his own spin on it and the, the album live forever like he tries so many different sounds and it, it still feels cohesive. Like some songs on the album aren't necessarily like rock music, but God, I'm like obsessed with him. I think he's an awesome musician mm-hmm. and I'm going to the first show he ever has <laughs> in LA, locally. I'm not going to go like across the nation. Just... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not that diehard. Any other notable mentions before we uh, wrap this up? Oh, Yeah. So speaking of Kid Cudi, <laughs> <laughs> well, so if I were to make like a top 10 list, as I mentioned, it's very tricky to make a top 10 list because when certain things come out at the end of the year, you don't know how you're going to feel about it like a month after. Uh, like, for example, when you go like watch movies, you might see a movie at the end of the year, like, oh, that was the best movie I saw all year. And you might feel differently like months later. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they get you. And so music might be the same way. So I don't want to like jump on the hype train but I, I love the new Kid Cudi album. I think it's, for, for me, as a diehard Kid Cudi fan. Like, it's it's everything I think the fans wanted out of Man on the Moon 3. He is recapturing his sound, while also adapting to, like, what's what's new. It's very influenced by Travis Scott, and some people have been saying, oh, well, then it's just a rip for Travis Scott. But there would be no Travis Scott if there was no Kid Cudi. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Let's be real here. And when you listen to this album, you realize, like, man, also, like, the emo rap would not be a thing if it weren't for Kid Cudi. Uh, he has a song on the album with Trippy Red, who is one of the biggest names in emo rap, and the song's awesome. He has a song with Phoebe Bridgers on the album, and it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of this album. Uh, there's one other album that I want to mention, but I think Eddie might mention it. I'll, I'll let him say, I think, because I, I noticed his activity on Spotify. So, <laughs> you know, you know, oh, God. There's, there's you, one, there's I mean, one album. It. Yeah. That's fine. Um, no, I mean, get Playboy Cardi. Yeah, yeah. Literally, like, I was driving around, like, running errands yeah. with my mom, like, in her, like, Mazda, like, you know, <laughs> blasting that album. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it just dropped, and it's, like, so, so, so fun. All I've done over winter break, which is, like, Maybe good or maybe pathetic was just watch TikToks and listen to music. That's like all I did the entire. That's what you gotta do for the holiday break. Um. So yeah, I saw I saw the Playboy Cardi album like in like a a TikTok, and I was like, oh, he released a new album, and I I listened to it, and it was like just 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 fun. I mean, like I don't even know. I can't even really. Yeah, same thing. I can't really tell you if it's yeah yet. Like yeah yeah. (laughs) uh, The discourse on the album has been really interesting. I'm not gonna act like I'm a the most hardcore Playboy Cardi fan, but he has yeah. this cult fan base where you either get it or not. And it's a really yeah. big cult fan base to the point where it's not really culty anymore, but it's that big. <laughs> but like, it's, it's a cult fan base because it's still a very acquired taste. If someone sends you a song by Playboy Cardi and you've never 
heard yeah. of him, you might be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and even for me, when I first played the album Whole Lot of Red, I was like, what yeah. the fuck am I listening to right now? It's so funny. All the songs are yeah. like 90 seconds long. And like, yeah. they're just, they're just shouting, just shouting. But it's, it's, wet, it's wet, yeah. wet, 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 <laughs> That's the whole album for like an hour. <laughs> but it's it's good like they're actually they're actually is like I've, I've listened to i've seriously listened to a couple like there's a couple songs that are like i feel like they're like okay this is a real song you know what i mean like there's like the song called control which is like pretty good that i really mm. like yeah there's like a lot of like i don't know there's kind of like some weird like i mean kanye's like in the album a, a bit and i think it's produced by him mm-hmm. i don't really not, i'm not like anti-kanye or anything but it's just like i don't really understand like where where I don't really understand why that's there or what like he's trying to say with the <laughs> album really, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's it's still fun. It's still really fun. He definitely sticks out on that song. Like the whole album is just played by Cardi doing his baby voice, and then you hear Kanye on the beat, like, it's Kanye. I'm like, oh, oh, oh wait, what album are we listening to now? It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh Cindy, how about you? Anything else you've been listening to before the year wrapped up? I mean, I think from September onwards, my listening got a little bit more eclectic and I was just liking songs that sounded good to me versus like really listening to full albums or exploring a full artist. I'd say, uh, I think her, I think you say it, Benet. It's B-E-N-E-E. Um, that is, I want to say like a real Gen Z artist oh that I, um, because I think she's literally part of that generation um, <laughs> and also like her song her sound is what is it benet's 2020 breakout indie pop phenomenon a fervent audience growing around her groove drenched sound and quirky lyrical take on the world uh whatever i don't know about that i'm reading spotify's bio wow, grimes is on her album and Lily. Yeah. what but she she's like i think she's pretty young like i want to say she's like 19 or something um but she like yeah she's got a good sound i'd compare her to like I don't know, like Billie Eilish, if she wasn't depressed <laughs> all the time. Okay. Um, but I think, like, if you were to go to her page and listen to her music, you would recognize some of the songs as, like, stuff that's really popular, I'd say, with Gen Z. Like, I want to say Glitter is really big. Um, the one that I love by her, Wishful Thinking, great song, something fun to, to throw on. Um, I, I don't know, it's kind of pop, R&B more pop um but yeah other other honorable mentions um you're giving I a mean, rubber in your own face right now <laughs> <laughs> i've never been called robert de niro ever so that's thank you that's a huge <laughs> no don't 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 take it no i mean people can just do the robert de niro face it's just it's, it's <laughs> come on perfect perfect this is when you do that face it just people I need a cigar or something. Like, you see this? You see this? <laughs> on my on my shoes? Uh, for those listening at home, I'm doing the Robert De Niro face, but as if someone got shit on my shoes. You see this? On my shoes? Today? Come on. Okay, that's all I got. Not my, not, not my best impersonation. But it's fine. Yeah. That, so, yeah, beyond that, I mean, I don't have too many crazy things to say. Uh, Eddie, how about you? Anything else you want to shout out before? Yeah, we I mean, this whole this whole episode has kind of been like picks, so I, I won't I won't give too many like picks. But I mean, um, I I I I mean, I really still like uh, I mentioned before, but uh, uh, Francis Quinlan as well. Mm, um, yeah, 
released an album that I mean, I just think she's just a really great songwriter. Like she's from the band Hopalong originally, uh, released a solo album. And uh, Detroit Lakes is just like a super good and like interesting song that I've like, that I've listened to. And it's, uh, it's been nice to listen to that song all year. It's like a very interesting, she has a lot of interesting instru instrumentation. And um, yeah, it, it's super, super fun artist and also a really good live performer. Not that I've seen her live, but I've watched a lot of, okay, one, one more uh, shout Go out. Go for it. Live performances in quarantine because mm -hmm. I, I, at work, like I've just been like watching, like I literally watched like all of the Audio Tree live concerts. I love Audio the, Tree. Yeah. <laughs> all of the Tiny Desks, all of the KEXP like live yes. stuff. Yes. Thank God for those. Thank God for those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll say one last thing, because I guess this artist, it's hard to fit in, like, where he fits in my 2020 timeline. I always forget that he still counts as, like, what I've been listening to. Um, and this comes with a bit of homework, if you want to go ahead and watch mm -hmm. this. Uh, so, comedian Whitmer Thomas had a special beginning of the year called The Golden One. It was on HBO. Um, he is a comedian and a musician. And the, the stand-up special... Uh, has well, how many songs are on the album? However many songs are on the album, he sings it in between joke sets. And the special, you know, he's telling jokes, but a lot of it is about how he's been coping with the death of his mom at a young age. So he was like 20. He talks about, about how his mom was a severe alcoholic and she had a lot of issues and she died while he was pursuing his dreams to be an actor in LA. He's now 30, but a lot of trauma, he still holds on to that. And the music he's made for the special, and the album is called Song from the Golden One. I recommend watching the special first, but this guy has so many influences, meaning from like David Bowie to The Cure, to Blink-182 and The Smiths. And it's like, it's all over the place, but it's all there. And the lyrics can be also be, are also really funny, but it's still like emotionally raw. And God, I like, I'm obsessed with him. Like he is great. And he is definitely a music highlight for me, but definitely check out the special first. Uh, I think he will surprise you um, because at first you might think, oh, just this goofy comedian, but it's it's great. I love it. Yeah. What a fun year this was. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's one way to phrase Best it. Best year ever. <laughs> Take me back. Take, let's do it one more time. Yeah, right. <laughs> one more time. Uh, I shouldn't joke too much about it. We probably oh, are going to yeah. be in the midst of a round two. But anyways, of course, big 2020 music highlight. Bring him back. It's whatever, man. That's the biggest highlight of 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sydney's back with her hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always piping hot. Um, yeah. Well, guys, then I think that's that's about it. We'll probably just throw our our big highlights, maybe our favorite tracks from some of our favorite albums in our playlist. Well, playlist. Yep. On that note, guys, we will uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. For Do we need to shout out our. We don't need to shout out our social media. You guys can Google us. You know, I put, well, I put it in the description. So yeah. I, oh, there you go. Dwan is so yeah. good at his unpaid job that he <laughs> for you. Oh man. In the descriptions and the footnotes. Sweet. 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 Well, then on that note, I bid you all adieu. Good night. Ad adios, amigos. <laughs>